Good evening, folks. Welcome back to the Video Vault. This is your boy, JB. Hey, I'm Eddie. How you doing, Eddie? I'm good, I'm good. Just having some hot chocolate, keeping myself warm. Yeah. It is fucking cold. It is very cold up here in New York City. But it's fine, because we're going to heat things up talking about WWE Clash of Champions this weekend. It is the SmackDown pay-per-view for December, the last pay-per-view until the Royal Rumble. And for those of you who listen to the Survivor Series episode, we got Caleb Bailey back in the house. Caleb, say hello. What's up, guys? How y'all doing tonight? We're all doing good. All right. So the way this is going to work is usually we just do go down the card giver predictions. We're going to take a little more of a roundtable approach. We're not going to spend too much time on each match, but we're going to answer some questions. We're going to talk about the match. We'll give our predictions. And then we will be back with you Sunday night, or you'll be listening Monday morning with the after show discussing what happened. All right. So you guys ready? Yeah, as ready as I can be. All right, so so kicking off, we got on the pre-show, Zack Ryder versus Mojo Rawley. Um, Eddie, we'll start with you. Was turning Mojo Rawley heel the right move? I mean, there was really nothing they could do about any of it. It's not a good storyline, no matter what, but it got a good reaction. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's all that matters in the end of the day. Is turn, if, you turns, if Mojo's career can be boosted by this heel turn, that's all that matters. Um, hopefully, you know, I mean, Mojo Raleigh is one of those guys that's going to be given opportunities because he's Triple H's little friend. Um, so, you know, if it makes him a heel, if being a heel gets him over, um, in some way, shape, or form, and if he can find a way to make a, you know, distance himself from that hype shit, then yeah, totally. I mean, just present him as a dangerous guy and Mojo Raleigh's heel turn will be solid, but it really is up to him at this point. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, Kill, let's go to you. What did you think of his heel turn? And a secondary question... What is his ceiling as a heel? I think I, I like the heel turn. I like that they did it, but I don't think it came at the right time. Yeah, they were just getting beat up by the Bludgeon Brothers, and they just really weren't working as a tag team. But Ryder made a good point about them being top contenders for the tag team or for the titles not a year ago before he got hurt. So I don't think it makes sense. I think maybe if they even won the titles or actually got a shot at the titles, and then he turned heel, then it might have worked better. But I do think he's going to be a good heel, but I just don't think the turn itself worked all that well. And the match just kind of seemed thrown together. They weren't even on the go-home show. So it's kind of like, I I don't know how good this match is going to be. That's probably why they just threw it on the pre-show. And as far as his ceiling, I think he'll compete for a United States Championship, and he might, like, surprise some people and get a couple good eliminations in the Royal Rumble next month, but that's... I think that's as high as they can go, really. And like Eddie said, it's up to it's up to him. I, I agree with you guys 100 percent because Eddie, you were at WrestleMania with me. You saw how crazy I went when Mojo Rawley won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle. Still Royal. don't agree with that at all. By the way, I should have gone to Sammy, but that's his. Opinion. I I agree with that as well. They, they should have done a lot of things with Sammy last year. Um, but Mojo Rawley, uh, I think that turning him heel was the right thing to do, but it's not something that you should that should have been done on free TV. I feel that's something you save for a pay-per-view, maybe a go-home show if you're going to do it on free TV. Um, and also, I'm going to agree with Caleb in that I feel that his ceiling, he's a, he's a mid-card guy. He'll Maybe he'll have one run with the, with the U.S. title. Maybe he'll, go, he'll get the IC title. He is not a world champion, but... He's a former NFL player. He has some great moves. Like, I remember he speared some guys through a barrier once. I just kind of jumped out of my seat. But, <coughs> yeah, um, in terms of Ryder, R- Ryder's always going to be Ryder. He's going to be, oh, woo, woo, woo. And Mojo Rawley, he's going to be that guy in a club who's just annoying. Yeah, well, you know, again, it depends. If he drops that whole gimmick, 
Because he could be an intimidating person, you know? If he, like, drops it and goes... Like, I was thinking, if he just goes by the name Raleigh, if he just drops the mojo part, just goes by Raleigh, maybe yeah. gets a new attire or whatever, uh, he could be a dangerous a force to be reckoned with. He could be, like, a strong piece of garbage. But, you know, because he has intensity. That's, that's, great. that's great. Like, intensity, if intensity can be changed into... Um, like just the intensity to beat someone to death, like half to death, like that's all that's really needed. But yeah, no, he's definitely mid card for the time being. Who knows? Maybe a year down the line. Caleb, like you look like you're ready to burst. About to say something. What do you well, got? Well, you have to think about. Well, of course, you thought you never thought Jinder Mahal was going to be the WWE champion, but here we are in December of 2017, and he's been in the WWE championship picture since May. Yeah. So maybe they will do something crazy. Maybe they will do something crazy in Raleigh, but I, mean, yeah. I don't see it happening because people shit on the Mahal situation so much. But you never know. Yeah, no, you're right. You never know. Moving down the card. Next up, we got the triple threat match for the United States Championship. You got the champion Baron Corbin against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Caleb, why is Dolph Ziggler in this match? That's the question everybody is asking. Why he doesn't he doesn't need to be there? He's just there to say, "Oh, I can dress like Shawn Michaels, but that's all I can do." <laughs> that's all you got? Yeah, I mean, I I, just, I don't see why he's in the match. I mean, yeah, he's gonna do some. He's there to take the pin. There you go. I mean, he's there to take the pin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that, Eddie. I would like to <clears throat> I would like to add a little bit more to that, but he is there to take the pin for sure. Um, Dolph Ziggler is. One, a great storyteller. So no matter what's going to happen. Two, it all, also it only allows for the bear. It only allows for the Bobby Roode storyline to continue going. You know, a little bit. I think that's what their mindset is. That well, you know, Bobby Roode doesn't really have any particular beef with Baron Corbin. That's not saying that they've really explored. By adding Dolph Ziggler, then it allows for Bobby Roode to have a little bit more of a storyline of well, I hate this guy, and I this guy's got my title. So it allows for a little bit more drama on that end. Um, but no, you're completely correct. All Ziggler's gonna take the pin. Um, final thing, but here's the thing: we can't ever sleep on Ziggler, man. I mean, Ziggler is a multi-time is a multi-time champion, and also I wouldn't be surprised personally if he actually walks off with the championship. Let's be real: we're all sleeping on Ziggler. He walks off with the championship, allows for Bobby Roode to, and him to have another storyline, or this could be his reward for taking so many losses in the past couple months so actually in my opinion i personally would put the money on it's either ziggler's gonna take the pin or he's gonna sneak out with it that's really the two choices all right and i and i, and I just realized we forgot to give a prediction for the first match zach Ryder versus mojo oh, raleigh mojo Rale. I, I, I got mojo raleigh mojo, mojo, mojo yeah. okay great moving on um all right now eddie here's a question for you about the u.s title how does baron corbin get over in this match with the belt Baron Corbin has two choices. Uh, Baron Corbin has to be just. Oh, you mean how is he going to win, or is he it, going to? Theoretically, if, if Baron Co- if Baron Corbin is gonna is gonna walk away with the belt in this match, how does he continue to get over as a mid card champion? Um, he's got to keep beating people. Like he's just got to keep destroying people. Like the problem with Baron Corbin is that Baron Corbin is a big dude who doesn't give a shit about anybody, and he keeps being pre- and he can beat AJ Styles clean twice. And he's supposed to be, and he's presented, and like Sin Cara is now supposed to be presented as a threat to him. He's got to crush. He's got to destroy people. He's got to continue being an asshole. What was great about Baron Corbin during Survivor Series was that he was calling, he was going up to Maurice and being like, "Yo, I'm fucking up your man's." You know what I mean? Like yeah. Baron Corbin 
is should be treated as a piece of garbage, no nonsense heel. And instead, he's taken hits from people that shouldn't be hitting him. He's a big dude that should be walloping on guys. So how do you get him over? He's just got to keep walloping on guys. He's got to keep walloping, walloping. He's got to hold that belt to Mania, dude, at least. This is a match where I feel that we're going to have something very similar to, I think it was No Mercy back uh, last October, October 2016, where... They opened the show with Cena versus Ambrose versus Styles for the WWE Championship. That was last night, Mercy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was October 2016. And, and Styles retains the belt just because he comes in with a chair and smacks away the competition. I think Corbin is, is in a position to do just that in yeah. this case. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, if you look at the entire card... No match is exactly the same. This is the other reason why they added Dolph Ziggler. I just want to go back to this really quick. Yeah. Uh, you got a fatal four-way, a triple threat, singles match, lumberjack match, uh, tag team match. Uh, oh, sorry, fatal four-way tag team, regular tag team. And so you got yeah, – you, ha- you couldn't just have two singles matches for the mid-card and the main title. They had to switch it up a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, so they really only added Ziggler to that match. Let's be real, just because they needed to have a triple threat somewhere. What was that? They needed variety, some kind of diversity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. And that said, um, who have you guys got for the match? So, like I said, it's either going to be Corbin or Ziggler's going to sneak out with it. That's really the that's really the two. Okay, but you got, you got to pick one. Who are you going to pick? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the risky one. Ziggler's going to sneak out with it. All right, Caleb, who you got? I'm saying, I'm saying Corbin wins after Rude hits the glorious DDT on Ziggler. And then, and, and then Corbin sneaks it out? And yeah. Smart. I'm inclined to agree with that because I think I think that Rude is going to hit. I'm with Caleb. I think Rude is going to hit the glorious DDT on Ziggler. <laughs> Corbin's going to come in, schoolboy Rude, and walk out with the title once again. Also, I'd like to point out this could like as much as we're sleeping on this match a little bit. This could be the. I mean, nah, I doubt this. Never mind. Uh, I was going to say this has the potential to be match of the night. It has the potential, but the tag team match I think will probably end up being tag team night. I we'll think you're right. Later. Uh, in fact, speaking of the tag team match, let's go on to that because we've got a fatal four-way tag team match. We got the Usos, the champions, against the New Day, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, and possibly the most over pair on SmackDown right now, Rusev and Aiden English. Um, Caleb, does Rusev need to win this match to keep his meteoric rise going? Yeah, and I actually, I, I have them winning the match. I, that's my prediction. I'll give that right now. Rusev Day is going to walk out with the title. That's... I'm inclined to agree just because Rusev, he's, I don't want to flat out say he's a full on face, but he's, cause he's kind of moved away from this. Oh, I'm a big European dude. I'm going to snap your neck in half. He's moved away from that gimmick. And now he's just got this very egocentric thing going on. Just getting so excited about Rusev day. I think it's great. And having someone as equally annoying Aiden English by his side, I'm also going to pick them to win it. Um, but Eddie, in the meantime, um, is this match finally going to see Benjamin and Gable turn heel for the uh, fully? Um, it's going to be tough because here's there's so many different factors to play right now. <clears throat> so my personal prediction is the Usos are going to walk away with this, but the reason why is because Rusev and Aiden English aren't just going to win in a fatal four way; they're going to get the rematch. Okay. So someone's going to take the pin, um, probably the New Day. But does does uh, Sheldon Benjamin and Chad Gable go heel? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: the Usos. It really depends on how the Usos are going to be. Uh, if the Usos, the Usos, in my opinion, are more tweeners than they are faces or heels because you cheer, you can cheer for them or you can root against them. They're definitely tweeners at this they're, point. They're amazing, however they play off. Um, I really, I mean, I guess they kind of have to turn heel at this point because if, if Rusev and Aiden English are turning face, somebody's got to be the heels. On top of that, though, you do have the Bludgeon Brothers who are coming up as the main heel of the tag team division. But 
at the same time, you can't have too many faces going on. If you have Gable, the new, uh, Gable and Benjamin, The New Day, Rusev and English, and The Usos, all faces, nothing's going to make sense. So yeah, I could totally see them turning heel in this match, or I could see this being like the catalyst to them turning heel down the line. So say they take the pin from here, yes. take, take the pin in this one, then, or like they, you know, The Usos pull some fuck shit on these guys, but... I don't know. Either way, uh, my my money is going to be on the Usos for this one, though. That's and that, that's a smart pick too, just because they've they've got all the momentum at their backs after a great Hell in a Cell match. You mentioned the Bludgeon Brothers. Let's get to them real fast. They're they're going up against Breezango in a tag team match. I mean, at long last, we figured out Bludgeon Brothers are the ones who have been messing with Breezango for so long. I've been telling you this for four months. Yes, you have, and you were right. Anyway, <laughs> moving moving on. Um, this match is finally happening. Where do Breezango go from this match, Caleb? Um, I think they, the Fashion Files thing is kind of dead now that the Bludgeon Brothers have kind of been revealed, and it's, and it's sad because Fashion Files is pretty funny, but they're probably just gonna fade away into obscurity, but maybe they will kind of, maybe jump into the tag team championship scene, but they'll probably just get beat up by the Bludgeon Brothers for the next month, and then just kind of like, float away until one of them gets... Let go and lines up going to TNA or whatever. Yeah, and, and are we all in agreement the Bludgeon Brothers are going to win that one? Yeah, I mean the Bludgeon Brothers are going to win. I would disagree though with uh, Caleb's assessment. I think Breezango has still got a lot of life um, because they are still one of the top rated parts of the show. I think what will happen is you know they'll get the Bludgeon Brothers over, and then the next episode you'll have Bree, you know Fandango go, I Dango go. Well, you know, that didn't exactly go the way I thought it would. Um, so I guess we're going to go figure out some more stuff. They were doing the Fashion Files way before the... the I mean, the Bludgeon Brothers were even, like, a thing, to be honest. Like, they were doing it when they were still up against the Usos. They were doing it a little bit before SmackDown. Like, right around the time they started getting to SmackDown. They're popular as fuck, man. I mean, the you ever see, you ever see the episode of 205 Live where they show up? It's the funniest thing where they show up and they start calling out Drew Gulak and they like chase him down and they arrest him with fuzzy handcuffs. Like it's a, it's amazing. <laughs> so I don't think they're gonna be like <laughs> forgotten about. Like you know, this is just a way that they're gonna pull him up. But honestly, not only like the the you know, Fast Files is now just good for Breezango. It's also good for the Ascension. And I think. This is going to, I mean, you know, maybe they won't do Fast Files anymore, but they'll start going into the tag team division a little bit more, you know what I mean? I think they are one of the most overacts on SmackDown, and they will be started to be treated like such very soon. Who knows? Maybe the Bludgeon Brothers will win the tag team championships, and then we can circle back around to this uh, in the future. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, if anything, they can start calling out the fact that the Bludgeon Brothers look like Kane. Like, they can be like, you look like a white, you look like a, like, you, you're biting Kane style. We gotta take you into the, you know, precinct or something like that. Like, that could just be a whole storyline right there. But the fact is, I don't think, I don't think the uh, fashion files are dead. Like, I think that's, I think there's still a lot of life to it. This is just a hiccup that's about to happen, but, um, I think they would be really remiss if they just forgot, if they just stopped doing it. Or if they just broke this team up immediately afterwards. Now, this is... It isn't to say I want them to die because it's the. Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't insinuating that's what you were saying at all. No. 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 Yeah. I was just saying I I, I see what you're saying, but just the counterpoint to what you're saying, because uh, I, I agree that more than likely, like what you're saying is completely true. This is WWE we're talking about. Like they would be more than light than happy to forget that these guys exist. And then, yeah, they break up, then one of them goes to TNA. Uh, anyway, uh, we don't talk about those guys anymore. But no, the point is, yeah, like, I see what you're saying. If this was Raw, I would say that would be what happened. But because this is SmackDown, I think SmackDown will give them a little bit more of a run. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, SmackDown's the land of opportunity. So. Exactly. Yeah. If this was Raw, it'd be over. I mean, look at Rhino and Slater. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. SmackDown could get Rhino and Slater over. Raw makes you forget that Rhino and Slater exists. Anybody, you know. Yeah, I mean, people don't seem to realize, wasn't he Slater in a triple threat match for the IC title not that long ago? Yeah, he Slater used to be a threat. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Heath Slater. Always have. Sure you do. Anyway. All right, so let's uh, get to the ladies tonight. Uh, Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion against Natalia in a Lumberjill match. Um, this is a question for both of you. Was making it a Lumberjill match necessary? Because right here you have Ric Flair's daughter, Bret Hart's niece, both very talented in-ring performers. Why, make, why add the stipulation? Cash in, cash in, cash in, cash in. That's why. Because if everybody jumps on these girls and Charlotte and Natalia are both get their ass kicked no matter who wins, Carmella's going to cash in immediately. Caleb, your thoughts? I didn't th- I, I completely forgot. I, f- I forget that Carmella's even holding the briefcase. I just thought they had the lumber. They're doing the lumberjill, whatever you want to call it, just because you have the riot squad. There. Yeah. So I was kind of thought they were gonna, you know, ruin the match. But I completely forgot about the cash in. So I mean, that's a very good possibility. I am in complete disagreement. I don't think a cash in is happening, especially not on a brand exclusive pay per view. Because I mean, we saw it with Seth Rollins at uh, at WrestleMania a few years ago. I think that you have the first ever. Miss Money in the Bank, you want to do that on a grander stage. So I think that she cashes in at the Royal Rumble, if not Mania. Yeah, but if the theory is correct that they are going to do a Women's Royal Rumble, which they're you know talking about, I don't think we need to have the Money in the Bank briefcase past that point anymore. Does that make sense? Like That, that, that does make sense. Like, it if does. we're like, hey, there's a Women's Royal Rumble, that means that the women's title probably on both brands probably will not be defended because all the women are going to be needed for that. Uh, except for, you know, the, the champions. And I think if you just get the briefcase out now, plus, let's be real, while before Seth Rollins, every, <laughs> there was only, I mean, there weren't really any brands to begin with. Yeah. But, like, you know, I mean, who are the last, who's, who's the last, who are the last few uh, Money in the Bank champions? I mean, fucking Baron Corbin tried to cash it on SmackDown. Come on. Uh, it's really, Seth Rollins, you can't, you can only, there are only two actually good Money in the Bank cash in. Uh, yeah, two. And that's Edge's first, uh, Edge's Revolu- first one. Year's Revolution 06. And Seth Rollins'. Is. Uh, well, everything well, well, else. Well, hold on, hold on. What about Ziggler on Del Rio? Oh yeah, Ziggler on Del Rio, true. Yeah, yeah. but Ziggler on. Del, but that's just the, look at what happened to that though. Like if 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 his like Ziggler's career should have been made, and instead it was kind of destroyed after that. Caleb, you were saying? I I thought Punk's cash in was pretty good too though. Oh yeah, Punk's is good too. My problem, with Punk's, is that like, well, he both of his were good, but the reactions were. I mean, yeah. The first time he did it. He lost it because Randy Orton attacked him behind... He lost the title because Randy Orton attacked him from backstage. It was like... Yeah. You know, and then the second time he did it, it led to the heel turn and then the, the feud with Jeff Hardy, which then led to the Undertaker feud. Um, so, you know, it's just like... It just didn't... It, for me, it just... I, I guess I judge a good cash-in by, like, what it does to the career of the person. And really, like, Edge became known as the ultimate opportunist and Seth Rollins goes down as one of, like, you know, like, fucking... Uh, is like considered to be a main eventer immediately afterwards, whereas every other cash in kind of feels like it's great. But like those are the two I feel like are the most like those are the bar for what a cash in is. So just because yeah. you know, and I don't think I think like Carmella cashing in after a lumberjill match and you know taking advantage of the fact that all the women are basically taken out and no one can stop her is a pretty good idea. So you know, I mean, yeah, whether or not it's done at a brand pay per view or it's done on a uh, Greatest stage of all, 
Like, as long as it's done right, it works. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess really just, to, like, you know, I don't think we're going to see another cash in a WrestleMania for another, like, ten years, right. to be honest. Because if you do that every year, then it just becomes boring. But that all being said, so um, I, it sounds like you're, you're predicting that Carmella is going to cash in, make it a triple threat, and then score a pin. No, no, I'm assuming that Charlotte's going to win, and then and then she's going to be too tired to be able to defend it. Okay, I, I'm inclined to agree with that, because I think Charlotte's going to lock in the figure eight on Natalia, and Natalia's going to tap out. All of a sudden, F-A-B-U-L-O-U-A-S. Well, she's already going to be in the match, because she's a Lumberjill. Eh, she'll yeah. find some way to not be a Lumberjill. She'll, like, she'll find some way to be out of it. I think uh, it's smarter if she does remain at Wingset. Because if she's a Lumberjill, doesn't really do anything... Then she can just kind of like walk in without the music playing. Why does music play? I don't know. Caleb, <laughs> uh, who have you got winning this match? Um, I, I think I think Charlotte is going to take the pin, but I completely forgot about Carmella, so I, I'm kind of inclined to agree with Eddie. I think think she's going to cash in, win the title because they do need every woman possible for a whatever 12, 15 woman match at Royal Rumble. Yeah. I think also, I think they were talking about twenty. And also, who better to win the first Royal, women's Royal Rumble than Charlotte Flair? Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, this is also conjecture. They may not even do this Royal Rumble, but no. I mean, come on. It, uh, it's all but confirmed because, like, yeah. so, somebody tweeted at Kurt Angle a while ago. Hey, like, why don't we get a women's Royal Rumble? And he says, "Don't worry, you will." Yeah. So, I, I actually go ahead. those four women. They would have brought up those five women and brought back Paige all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you have to figure, you know, maybe they'll bring Lita in just to make an appearance and pop the crowd. Uh, I don't, uh, maybe a Lundra Blaze, but like, I don't know, I don't know if she can handle it at this point. I mean, it doesn't really matter if they can handle it because if they just do a cameo, it's okay. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. let's move on to the WWE Championship match: AJ Styles against Jinder Mahal. Uh, Caleb, if Jinder Mahal loses, where does he go from here? Great question. Um, I still think he's going to be kind of trying to stick around the, the main big picture because I don't know who they'd have next for AJ. I, I don't. So maybe Mahal will be kind of still upset about the whole thing, about you know losing the title. But he's separated himself from the Singh brother, so I don't really know where he goes from this. Maybe, I don't know, Claiming that he's going to win the Royal Rumble and then just kind of get ceremoniously dumped as soon as he walks. It's kind of like a Santi Umbrella elimination. Yeah. But I don't really know. All right, Eddie. Um, yeah. let, let's assume for the sake of argument that for the Royal Rumble, uh, which is in Philadelphia this year, we got AJ Styles versus John Cena. Let's let's say for the sake of argument that's the match. Does AJ turn heel again? Um. Well, they're not going to do Cena versus AJ again because they did that last year. Yeah, but, I'm just saying for argument's sake, let's say they do. Uh, no, because you can't turn AJ Styles heel. It's impossible at this point. It was, it was impossible when he first did it. Um, AJ Styles turned heel. It was one of the greatest, it was one of the biggest reactions the crowd has ever had. AJ Styles turned heel, beat up John Cena, and then, what? Oh, everybody fucking loved that? Okay, great. Let's just have him continuously catch, his catchphrase became, beat up John Cena, and people went nuts. AJ Styles is the most over person in the goddamn company. You really think they're going to turn him heel out of nowhere just because, oh, Mr. John Cena's... First of all, John Cena's not really technically on SmackDown. He does whatever he wants. That's true. Also, he's busy with the Golden Globes. He's not going to be around for the Rumble. Oh, is he hosting the Globes? No, but he's going to be at the Globes because uh, his uh, animated movie about the bull that fucks the little girl uh, ends up... uh, (laughs) It has a Golden Globe. That is not the story. Have you seen the cover? It's gross. (laughs) Oh, God, so, we, you, you've broken Caleb. 
You just you just ruined a you just ruined a beautiful children's story from so many people's childhoods. No, it's really gross. Okay, have you seen the cover of the thing that they have? It's like it's very it's it's gross. The people who did this movie should be really ashamed of themselves because it looks like it's it's ah it's gross. I've been thinking. You know, moving on. Uh, but, Caleb, here's a, here's another question for you. Um, AJ Styles wins the title because let's be honest, he pro- he's probably going to. Does he hold the title through Mania? I think he should. Uh, I really think he should because if you want Styles versus Nakamura, you have to start that SmackDown on the nineteenth. You have to start it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He holds it to Mania. Well, he holds it to Mania. Whether or not he loses it, I don't know. But he's going to hold it to Mania. He has to. I am inclined to agree because um, now let's just get to predictions. Uh, I got to roll with AJ Styles. I mean, I got to roll with AJ Styles as well. Um, and before we do, I just want to point out, this is the cover of this thing, all right? It's gross. It's really gross. It's a beautiful <laughs> moment between a girl and a farm animal. Okay, you you uh, have a bad mind. Um, so anyway, AJ Styles, yeah, AJ's definitely going to win this. I don't know what the Mania match is going to be, though, because we do have one other situation that's been building up. Does AJ Styles hold on to this? Does he get the Mania with this title? Or does someone take it beforehand and then and then it leads up to a, uh, a boiling point of another storyline? I, I don't think it's, right we're going to have a situation like last year where you, where you give Bray the, you give Cena the title at, at Royal Rumble, Bray Wyatt takes it from him at Elimination Chamber only to lose it about, about six weeks later no, at Mania. Yeah, I get that. I'm just saying I, we because there's a different situation. Is this this is this is AJ Styles is holding the title for about we'll be holding it for about four months. No, yeah. right, as opposed to. John Cena holding it for about two, for literally two weeks. He held it for two weeks because it was the main, it was Rumble, and then there was the week where they announced the Elimination Chamber match. AJ Styles gets his rematch against no, uh, and then they they announce everybody in the man in the match. Then they announce they do like one segment, and then the Elimination Chamber was literally the next week afterwards. So John Cena literally held that title for two weeks. Yeah, AJ Styles, you can get away with saying, "Well, you know, if he loses the title at Roadblock, that's okay. You know, that's fine because we've already held it for like four months, right. and then you can still have the AJ Shinsuke match. You can still have, but you know, there is one storyline on SmackDown that's way more interesting than anything else that's going on, and it has to lead to a boiling point, and I, I, we'll get to that later. Uh, but well, there's only one that match, one match left on the card to talk about." Uh, here's one that it's got the potential to be a, a lot bigger than just a regular two-on-two tag team match. We got Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan as special guest referees. Uh, Caleb, you we've been seeing for the past couple of months, Shane McMahon has been acting very much like his father, uh, taking on a very Mr. McMahon role just because he's tired of uh, Owens and Zayn's bullshit. Uh, does Shane McMahon turn heel? At, in this event? Well, if you turn him heel, I think you have to complete the Owens saying they have to be face. Right. They have to play the uh, Austin anti-hero face role. Yeah. But if you're not going to turn McMahon, if you're not going to turn Shane heel, which I think everybody wants to see, I think you turn Daniel Bryan heel and those three work together against Shane. 
So that's my exact prediction as well, and I would like to I would like to kind of elaborate. I mean, I would kind of like to not elaborate because everything you said is correct. I would like to add on to what you're saying. Um, Austin, I mean, when you think about it, you can still have the anti-authority heel versus a anti-authority character versus the authority character. Shane McMahon becomes way more complex if he's a face that's just basically Vince McMahon versus an actual heel version of versus an annoying version of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You know what I mean? Like those two are the reason why they're getting over so is because they're a little grating. They're not as cool as Stone Cold. They're kind of like they complain a lot more as opposed to like Shane is like trying to give people a lot more opportunities. So you still have that same dynamic. It's just what happens when you take that storyline and you flip it. What if Vince McMahon was the good guy and Stone Cold Steve Austin is the bad guy? And it's like an interesting storyline where it's like you're still going to root for like you still kind of want to root for Sammy and Kevin. But like, you know, that like they're they're the assholes in this situation. Like they've done everything to be the worst people. That being said, if Daniel Bryan goes turn heel, you best believe that Shane McMahon is going to be the bad guy in the storyline for the rest of its journey. Because no one will ever root against Daniel Bryan, ever, ever, ever. It's impossible to root against Daniel Bryan. Now, now before we uh, we elaborate further with this, with this match, there's the second question I wanted to ask. That Caleb will start with you on this one as well. What is the end game with Randy Orton? Yep. I mean, I think he's just. I think he's going to eventually take on a role of. More like a full-time Chris Jericho where he's kind of there to get guys over. I mean, Chris Jericho does that, but he does that in stints. He comes back for six months. He comes over for a year. And his end game is to get people over. Randy Orton's full-time. He's not going anywhere until someone asks, hey, you want to make the Marine 1800? <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's a great vibe. And then he's going to do that. But I think he's going to be a full-time guy. But he's still just going to get guys over. He's going. I, I would love to see him and Bobby Roode go at it. That would, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think um, Randy Orton is going to turn on Shinsuke at some point, and I think we're going to have a match between the two of them because Randy Orton doesn't play well with others, and Shinsuke Nakamura needs to have like that guy to go up against. Yeah. And I agree. Like he's going to be a guy that people are going to have to go. He's going to be. He's going to like kind of fill that Ziggler role, but more because unlike Ziggler, Randy Orton. Has the ability, has the history to be like, well, he's still Randy fucking Orton. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing about Jericho is that even when Jericho loses, you're like, yeah, but he's still Chris fucking Jericho. Whereas yeah. Dolph Ziggler never made it to the top of the mountain, so you're always kind of hoping that he will. But he's kind of also regulated to that role that you're talking about, which is why people don't take him as seriously. And I, he's also admitted that, like that's the problem is that people don't take him as seriously because he never really got that big win. Randy Orton though. Well, like, I think Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura are probably going to go at it at Royal Rumble. But you mentioned Chris Jericho. I think that Randy Orton, he is, like, like Caleb said, isn't, he's bound for that role where he's just going to be there and put guys over. The difference is that, unlike Chris Jericho, I don't think Orton is able to reinvent himself several <laughs> times over like Jericho has. Because first he was the Ayatollah of rock and roll. He was, uh, oh, the Millennium Arrives here on Raw. Well, before that, he was a Lionheart. Exactly, yeah. And then he... Um, now he's the Alpha. Yeah, and then he, and then um, more his most recent run, he's just turns heel out of nowhere against AJ Styles, teams up with Kevin Owens and forms the list of Jericho. He got this guy got a clipboard over and a pen just by he popped the crowd by holding the pen up and clicking it. So I don't think I don't think Orton is capable of doing that same no. thing. Because granted, I'm like <laughs> you guys know I'm an Orton mark. I'll pop for an RKO any day of the week, but. 
in terms of this, I don't see how you really get Orton back over fully unless you A, turn him heel, or B, put him back on Raw at the next Superstar shakeup. I mean, you're right. I think, I think uh, yeah, he, him going back to Raw would probably be the best thing, but he does need to go heel. How could he turn heel? I mean, here's the thing about Randy Orton, though, that we're all forgetting. Randy Orton has reinvented himself multiple, multiple times. He just does it very subtly. Like, he has, you know, he originally the legend killer. I, the, 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 first he was the future. First he was Seth Rollins' gimmick. Then he yeah. was the legend killer. Then he was the Viper. Then he was uh, rated RKO with uh, Edge. Then he was the Age of Orton. Like, then he started doing, like, uh, his, like fa- it's, it's usually when he's a face he's at his most boring. When he's a heel, he, he's a good at reinventing himself. I'm sorry, Caleb. What was that last thing you said? The Apex Predator. The Apex Predator is his most recent gimmick. Yes, right, yes. Um, But then he turned face, and now it's like, what do you do? But then he's like, also the Wyatt family run, you know, like all those type of things. But yeah, the Apex Predator is where he's at now. Um, But who knows, maybe with this haircut and him growing a beard, uh, he's he's got a new gimmick coming up. He's like, dad, you know, he's like, (laughs) Randy, Randy Orton, dad, dad Orton, you know, like that type of thing. But like, he does change himself well. It's just, he's just so subtle about it. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, he he translate. You don't really know that he's making a care a, 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 a gimmick change. The times that I think the times that he really makes those gimmick changes is unfortunately, but fortunately, he gets hurt and comes back. Yes, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Hundred uh, percent. We also I forgot to mention the stipulation in this match. If Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn do lose to Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura, they are fired not just from SmackDown but from the company. Um, I'm not really sure where Shane gets that authority, uh, being just the SmackDown commissioner. I think he probably could pull some strings with Kurt Angle. Of course, yeah. Um, but let's talk about it. Let's say that for the sake of argument, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn do lose clean. You can't, I mean, I, I understand there's some backstage heat on them because of what happened in London. Um, how would, how do you go about booking them coming back even if they are fired because they they lost? They run-ins. They just do run-ins all the time. They just attack anybody. They just run in on everything, then they leave. They get carried out by security. They just start doing that. They just take that John Cena shit that John Cena's been doing for hundreds of years, and instead they do it to everybody on SmackDown. They run in on any type of story. This is actually why I think they're going to lose, because if they can just do run-ins, then they, you know, then Dan O'Brien can say something like, you know, it was your fault, Shane. You're the one that fired them. And then Shane will go, what do you expect me to do? It's like, rehire them. You want me to rehire these two? Like, that's the type. Like, Shane Man will, if they keep doing run-ins, then Shane Man will have no choice but to rehire them in order to then continue his reign of, uh, reign of terror on these two guys. All right, well, well that being said, though, um, Caleb, um, piggybacking off of what he just said, they do keep doing these run-ins. What, um, how do you uh, put a pin in that? What's the end game? I mean, I, I kind of agree saying Daniel Bryan's going to say, okay, we're, we can't have all these run-ins, the end game, or you know, the infighting between uh, McMahon and Bryan. They're not going to want that. And I think even like some of the main characters, like some of the big stars from the show, like Orton, like Nakamura, I think even like Nakamura is going up to the title or going or a number contenders match. Nakamura gets in. Uh, Styles is, or gets in McMahon's face and says, "Hey, 
you need to do something about this because they're going to keep doing this to me and I don't want them to keep screwing me over or I'm going to leave this show and I'm going to go to Raw. Yeah, and, and that's a thing that Styles would actually do because Styles, yeah. even as great as, even as, if, as a face, he's been very uh, heelistic in a way. Where he's been very assertive. He's very assertive. I mean, yeah, between everything that happened on SmackDown last night, where he is apparently smarter than any other babyface ever and doesn't fall into traps, <laughs> or when you know when Shane McMahon and hit, when Shane McMahon was like going, this whole storyline started with Shane McMahon refing that match, right? Yeah, at SummerSlam, yes. Right, and Styles goes before and he goes, "Look, man, look, we ain't friends. I hate you, but like." I'm not going to attack you. You don't attack me, right? That's not a babyface thing to say at all. But Styles is like, look, I understand what I did. I'm gonna fu- I am gonna, fucked your shit up. I beat you at WrestleMania. Don't get in my way, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, uh, AJ Styles, even though he's the WWE champion, he's not, you know, the company man like John Cena is. Yeah, so yeah. Styles would actually, you're right, Caleb, Styles would say something like, look, I'll take my title. I'll go someplace else. I don't need this shit. Fuck you guys. Like, I'm AJ Styles. I'll go to Japan with this stuff. I'm the face that runs the place. I'm the champ that runs the camp. Yeah. All right. Well, that said, let, let's get to the um, let's get to the prediction. Um, Caleb, who you got? I, I still think, if, despite that, that would be a good storyline. I still think Orton. Oh, I still think Owens and Zayn will win. But there's going to be some kind of mix up. There's two referees. Of course, there's going to be some kind of mix up. Shane's going to count the pin for Nakamura and Orton. Daniel Bryan's going to count the pin for or uh, Owens and Zayn. Uh, Owens and Zayn and. It's just going to be a real big mix of them. They're going to throw the match out, or Zayn and Owens win, or we're going to resolve this on SmackDown somehow. It's going to be some kind of mix-up. Yeah, no, I agree. That's very true. It could be a tie. It could be a tie. It could be one of those things where both the shoulders are on the mat, and then they're both counting at the same time. And then it ends with Daniel Bryan holding up Zayn, uh, Zayn's arm, and Randy and uh, Shane holding up Randy's arm. arm, and then it becomes one of those situations. Um, Who have you got, Eddie? I mean, I'm going to go Owens and Zayn, of course. But it's tough because, you know, the go-home show ends with Kevin Owens getting a win on Shinsuke Nakamura. And usually booking 101 is person who gets over before the pay-per-view loses yeah. the pay-per-view. So it's like, what are we doing here? Um, that being said, remember, this is Shinsuke Nakamura we're fucking talking about. If it was Randy Orton and Dolph Ziggler, I'd be like, oh, it's a lock. But it's Shinsuke Nakamura, too, we're talking about. You just drag Shinsuke Nakamura, who needs wins bad, into a storyline where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn cannot lose. So they kind of wrote themselves into a little bit of a hole. Well, you just put the nail right on the head. Be- because Shinsuke Nakamura does need wins, I'm actually going to roll with Orton and him, and they're going to have Owens and Zayn just do these run-ins that you talked about just earlier. Yeah. I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to think that's going to happen. However, I think that um, the babyface is winning. It's going to come from, a mi- from what Caleb touched on, a miscommunication between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon with one of them turning heel on the other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any way that, that we can avoid that right now because because they've been giving Brian a lot of screen time just from him yelling at all the ladies, just stop it, and zooming in on him. Because uh, let's talk about, let's touch on the biggest elephant in the room right now. Daniel Bryan is making an entering return within the next year. Yeah. I and mean, I don't know whether it's going to be with WWE. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to be at Cody Rhodes show with Ring of Honor. Um, it's going to happen. Uh, Caleb, do you want to see Daniel Bryan get back in the ring? I, I do. I mean, because I, I think, I, I don't really know why they why they even wouldn't clear him in the first place. I, I understand, like, the whole neck and head injury thing, and they want to take that seriously, 
but he was cleared by pretty much every other doctor in the entire world except for WWE's doctor. So why not just give him the chance? So I, I don't think they should have ever taken him out of the ring. I mean, let's be real. WWE doctors is yeah, notoriously bad. Because keep in mind, Daniel Bryan's neck surgeon, I'm talking 2014, that was a Dr. Jill Maroon, who's a big NFL doctor. Yeah. So I think that WWE might have just been trying to cover their own ass in, in lieu of the con- uh, the concussion lawsuit that was coming. Yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, um, Dan O'Brien uh, is very – like, he had been injured multiple – he has been injured multiple yes. times. So I think it's less that and more just, like, preventing Daniel Bryan from getting injured again. You know, like, they're, they don't want – it's not that he can be cleared. It doesn't matter if he can be cleared. It's the fact that Daniel Bryan got injured – like four times in the same year and had to relinquish two titles in a row. I mean, come the fuck on. Well, I think a lot of this also has to do with the fact that because of his wrestling style, because he's... It's because of that knee. That running knee is That really running this, knee, that, that like belly flop off the top rope, which is reminiscent of Chris Benoit's diving headbutt. Yeah, well, it's the he, dynamite kid. Yeah, I mean, he's he's da- he's taking so many crazy bumps, and he's a little guy, too, maybe five foot eight um, on he's a good day. He's five foot eight, uh, on 185. Day, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, since he's on the smaller side, he's he could also and he, his main finishing move is also a submission hold, the yes lock. I think that he's in a position where he can reinvent himself as almost a Chad Gable type, where he relies more on the technical aspects of the oh yeah, of the play sport it safer, and, and not have to take so many crazy bumps. Play it for sure, but he still will do that, and that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, because like I, I don't like the idea of of Daniel Bryan wrestling safe, a la the Miz. But given, look, he's a, he's a dad now. He's got he's got a, a baby daughter now. Bree's saying on Instagram that they want to try again in a year. So like you don't. Nice. So like you don't want to. <laughs> Daniel Bryan getting laid. Daniel Bryan getting laid. Daniel Bryan getting laid. Daniel Bryan getting okay, laid. Okay, okay, stop. Yes, um, and, and yes, 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 yes. Anyway, yes. Um, but yeah, because I don't I don't want to see him wrestling safe, but just for the for the sake of his family and his long term health. I mean, we've got NFL running back Larry Johnson in, in his mid-30s saying, I think I have CTE. I can see why they have concerns about him getting back in the ring. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that he it will happen, though. I think that at SummerSlam, uh, we're going to see him make his in-ring return, maybe in a in a, winter le- in a loser leaves town match. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, um, on the whole, I think um, we're going to see the faces go over. Um, all right, last bit before we uh, before we put a pin in this for sure, uh, Caleb. Do you think that this pay per view as a whole is gonna we're gonna see some seeds planted for the Royal Rumble, or do you think they'll wait till till the next SmackDown to do that? I mean, I think the only match they can really do that in is the is the is the main event because I don't know. I, I don't know if there's really gonna be a lot. No. <laughs> no. All right. No. I um. Yeah. The yeah, the women's rumble is probably the only one. Um, you know, no, I think um, I think Ryder and Raleigh, there'll be some little something something. Um, you're right. Uh, yeah, the Orton Nakamura Owen Zayn match, be a little something something probably. But yeah, it's really just gonna be. I mean, you could try, but it's Clash of Champions. Every championship is is defended. Like all the matches are just championship matches, so. Except for the tag team ones. Um, so, yeah, no, Caleb's correct. I mean, there's no real, like, ability to plant any seeds at the time being. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's really... Yeah, there's nothing you can really do about it at the moment. Um, I guess really, yeah, the thing, I, I mean, I personally, my money's on Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn winning the Rumble. So, it's like, well, if that's already in my mindset, then that's really all that really matters is that is that tag team match. So, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're pretty we'll correct. We'll see. Uh, either way, I'm, uh, I'm fairly excited for the show because I think that after a very disappointing Enter Survivor series, they realize, okay, they really got to bring home the bacon this time around. Well, the thing about SmackDown, SmackDown, if SmackDown is left alone, SmackDown's going to be amazing. I mean, the last, yesterday's episode of SmackDown was fucking phenomenal. SmackDown's yeah. been on, on, on yeah. fire. I mean, all A matches, all A promos, like... They are just insanely good. But the moment they have to start interacting with Raw, then they have to start justifying Raw's bullshit. And they have to start playing second fiddle to Raw. When they start doing that, that's when they start falling apart. Because they have to... Like, the creative team of SmackDown is really good. And the creative team of Raw is garbage fire. And now (laughs) these two people have to talk, and the garbage fire people get the last say in everything. So, SmackDown is is like... SmackDown's like, hey, this is a ship that's working, and then suddenly Raw goes... Like takes a sledgehammer to the ship and is like, "All right, cool, we'll get a us out of this." Sledgehammer they stole from the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, and Triple H. Uh, <laughs> and then they so they poke a hole through the ship and then they go, "Okay, you guys fix it." And then SmackDown does it, right? Uh, and then Raw is like, "Okay," and also Triple H gets the final pin at Survivor Series. Like, uh, what? I Who mean, made up that idea? Either way, those Clash of Champions. I'm looking forward to the show. Um, Caleb, are you? Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be a fun show. Um, it's not going to be the best pay-per-view of the, of the year, but it, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's four titles are dependent, so I mean, yeah. let's up yeah. forward to All right. Uh, got anything you want to plug? Um, no, follow my Twitter at underscore Caleb Bailey 77. All right, Eddie, give him your Twitter as well. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, at the worst boy, but instead of a Y, it's an I. So the worst boy. <laughs> yeah. You can find me on Twitter at JB's World Three Two Eight Six. We've also got an announcement about the podcast Twitter. We have changed our handle. Instead of video underscore Vault PC, you can now find us at Vid Vault Podcast. A little easier to remember. Uh, actually, you'll be interested to know this. Uh, ben Bailey from Cash Cab followed us the other day. Oh, weird. We should have him on the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? He should give me money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put us in the Cash Cab. Yeah, I could do that. All right, Caleb, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, man, no problem. All right, we will see you Sunday night after the show. That's all for today, Vaulters. Don't forget to lock up. <laughs>